Right now, another part of my stress, which I'm literally trying to ignore, is this election. It's just like, yeah, it's so close that it's just it's, giving me anxiety that I'm it's ignoring. so close. <laughs> so many key elections are within just like, like this Texas one, I'm really paying attention to. God. Um, I don't even know what's happening in Georgia right now. Um, exactly. Oh, well, that like, did you? Sorry. Georgia is just like this really frustrating situation because every time you get a new update it's just like they are doing everything that they could possibly think there was yeah. like a story earlier today where like the voting booths were running on battery and not plugged in and therefore they died out and it wow. just took them forever to figure out that oh the issue was that there was no extension cords and, i'm sure yeah I'm yeah sure you know so and it's just I just don't understand how voting is not a national holiday. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Or put it on a damn Saturday. That's what Australians do. Exactly. It just, it should be a day where, I mean, honestly, even if it's on a Saturday, people work Saturday, food industry. It just should be a day off. Like, it should be like a national holiday. We do it for like the dumbest of things. We can do it for voting. Here's the thing with voting is that you're so hopeful when you do it, but like even now, like my hope has turned to just severe, just pessimism. I like, would say, I'm are just... you? Because you're like you're so hopeful. I'm like, I'm not me. I'm always like, eh. It's like it's. I feel like you time, have like, to be hopeful when you vote. Like when you initially go in, you like you don't make the vote hoping you know that it doesn't go well. But just, for me, yeah, it's like to... playing the lottery. Like I do it, but I don't really expect anything from it. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I, I really feel like that this, I mean, I don't want to contribute to all the speculation that's out there. I just feel like it's not going to be, I the, it, it'll be two steps forward, three steps back, like like everything else. Yeah, and that's why, that's why I'm just honestly, I'm distancing myself from it. Um, sure. And I just want to, I'm not distancing myself from it because I don't care. I'm distancing myself from it because I care too much. And in order to live my life i'm like you know what i voted i encouraged everyone that i could to vote i helped sure out. yeah i too. volunteered in so many different ways that it's out of my hands at this point in time and i think sure. that's what the real issue is it's not that like i don't care or that like i don't have faith in the system i just i'm losing faith that people will do what is necessary for, for of them well i'm also just losing faith that people will as a as a large group as a like as americans as a whole will understand just how much has gone into making sure they make ill-informed votes or don't vote at all yeah like i just feel like that's just kind of like the behind the scenes figure that isn't really getting the attention that it should i mean in georgia we kind of see it getting a little bit more attention but um yeah, that I just there's just so much wrong with this whole voting process that I, every every time it comes time to vote, I'm like, shit, we still haven't improved this. And I was like, oh yeah, that's right, people are actively working to make sure we don't improve this. <sighs> yeah, I know. Honestly, it's just when you see the different ways that they've tried to suppress the vote, especially in Georgia, it is. It's, and Georgia is it's just so blatant, and that's yeah, the kind of stuff thing, I'm thinking like, about, like really... Trump now. Like you can just be just blatantly, just like just unethical and racist and all these things, and people are just like, well, you know, I'm I, taxes are better. 
I, I just I, I don't understand that how we got to this point where so many people are on board with trading away their morals for a pay bump. Well, I mean, like, not only that, it's not even trading away your morals for a pay bump. Some of them know they get nothing out of it. I mean, the only thing is they, they remove someone else's chance of being an American. That's yeah. important to them. And that's what's really frustrating. Speaking of moral decisions, um, I was pretty impressed with this episode. It was pretty interesting. You know what? For the first like half of this episode, I was like, uh, this is a filler episode, whatever. Ben is probably actually sick, and so they had to rework something last minute. But then I realized, no, this is Eric and Feeney's episode. Well, Eric this is and where... Feeney's, but then also uh, Sean and Turner's. Like, this is yeah, pretty much a pivotal Yeah, there's so much establishing of, like, what these other characters are going to be that it's it almost seems like it was purposeful yeah, to have exactly. Ben get out the way. It is really funny because kind of like what you were saying earlier, the moment I started watching this, anyone who has been keeping up with these Comic-Con conferences know that they said whenever Eric got a storyline or Sean got a storyline, it's usually because Ben Savage was like doing something educational and so like they just didn't have him. Um and even though Corey makes an appearance, this is definitely a Boy Meets World without Corey episode. Yeah, I mean they they do a really uh, half assed attempt of filming for like two hours one day and splicing it into the episode <laughs> to make it seem like he had this mono storyline. Um but yeah, other than that, it was it's pretty much a Sean and Eric focused episode, which I can't recall ever seeing. So I've been mean, seeing so far. Yeah, well, I mean, there's that. I was thinking that too. It's like we've. It's interesting to see because it they do a lot of structuring around. There's no Corey, and like they mention it, but it's interesting to see these scenes that you get without a Corey, um, and it also says a lot about the cast and the the structure of the show that you can remove the star like this and it really doesn't take anything away it's almost like it was an experiment to see like can we still make this work without ben and i would argue to say that they made it work better than they have in a few episodes yeah without ben so maybe they needed to develop some of these tiktok and i've been saying that like we have all these freaking you know, Harley sister bullcrap development for side characters. Like, develop these core characters and expand out. Because what we see in Eric in this episode literally is Eric for the next, like, three or four seasons. Exact Same thing with uh, Sean. You know, let's just get into it. You ready? Yeah, let's get into this. Wow, we didn't even do our intro, so... What up, bros? What up, bros? What was that even like? And I was, I was, I was trying to week. do an SNL kind of like a. You know, oh, okay. Whoa. I was like, that was like a Halloween thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was trying something different. Whatever. What up, bros? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Exactly. So anyway, moving forward. <laughs> Welcome to episode forty-one. I'm Siege, and I'm your boy TC. TC. We kind of did like a little what's up, but let's just let's just bring it back and see how you doing. What's coming up? Well, you know, um 
things are great. Um, I am watching the news and having small strokes, but other than that, things are cool. Yeah. It's election night for those who are listening to this episode. I was like, whoever's listening to this episode right now, uh, we are recording literally while I'm uh, in Seattle for work and TC uh, is watching the election. So just because of everything, we're recording a little bit off of our usual schedule. So we'll have a quicker turnaround time. But that also means that by the time you hear this, the results of the election will be out. And yeah. Hopefully you're breathing a little bit better than we are. <laughs> Yeah, ah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just a little bit. Like, I don't know. Like, maybe this is taking your mind off of things, or maybe, you know, this is just the cherry on a good week. I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm putting positive vibes out there for future you. Let's talk about this episode. We've already kind of did a little bit in the beginning again. So, do you want to just go right into the tell me about it? Tell me about it. This is season two, episode 18, by hook or by crook. Um, the supporting characters take center stage when Corey catches a cold. We start with Eric and Jason planning for a trip to Europe. Only Amy and Alan tell the boys that Eric can't go until he pulls a B average. The boys try to take the easy way out by bargaining with Feeney, but Feeney suggests they get a tutor and earn their earn better grades. The tutor, Tori, ignores Jason's smooth talk, but has a thing for Eric. In fact, she's willing to give Eric the answers to the test. Eric refuses, but notice that he still receives an A after leaving half the test blank. Eric is determined to earn a better grade on his own on the next test, but Tori offers him the answers again. This time he takes them and passes, but the guilt from cheating forces him to confess. In a B-plot, when Turner's bike needs repair, Sean has a connection. I don't understand the title of this episode. Neither did I. I was really worried. Like, when it said by hook or by crook, I was like, ooh, maybe this will be relevant. And then I wasn't. thought it was a different episode based on the title of it. Yeah, before. exactly. Um, but um, yeah, as we were saying earlier, this was just a, it was a really interesting episode because we don't see our central character really at all. Um, but we really see them taking advantage of this time with uh, these side characters, Eric and Sean, that we see all the time, but never really get much development. I mean, we learn a ton about both of these characters, and they have uh, they they really do a great job of setting up these relationships with these male role models that will become such a huge part in their story arcs going forward. Yeah, no, I'm really really excited with what we got with these um, because. It, it not only did it lay the foundation, but we just were able to see what the show could do without Corey, you know? Yeah. And it seems like, it, you know what, just taking some time to really focus on these side characters. We get Jason, which is always really great. You know, yeah, Jason, Jason was fun in this, even though he's always Jason. He's kind of like, I'm noticing, he's a little one-dimensional in his character, but he, you know... Jason Marsden plays it so well that it doesn't really matter. I had a question about Jason. Um, at a certain point, like Jason's trying to get a B average too, but did his parents put a rule on him going to Europe? Was no, it- and I think that that's well. Two thoughts I had on this. One thought that I had was that um, 
this is why we don't see Jason anymore. Jason goes to Europe and just never comes back. <laughs> but then also, I think that the um, it's just one of those camaraderie things. He's like, you know, you go, I go type situations. So Eric doesn't, sorry, Jason doesn't need his parents' permission. It doesn't seem like it's reliant on that, you know, but he wants to kind of do it out of solidarity. There's this really funny bit where um, Eric is uh, talking to Feeney and Jason's like miming him as they're talking. Yeah. Um, they just have such great comedic timing together. And exactly. even though like sometimes their dialogue kind of makes me roll my eyes. Yeah. Um, Jason's I, just so damn charming. I liked the ro- uh, the hands on experience. Yes. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. But see, Dad, that's why I'm not doing well, because I don't have any hands on European experience, you know? That's why we're going to Europe to get our hands on something. Again, it's not the greatest. Uh, it doesn't age that well, which is the idea of that's why we're going to put our hands on something. <laughs> so before we get too far in, let's do the roll, roll call. call. Yeah. Let's talk about we have two characters this week that we um, talk about. That would be Tori. Yes, Tori Hart, which is the most 90s pretty girl <laughs> name I've ever heard in my life. Tori Hart, I love it. Tori Hart, and then Uncle Mike. Uncle Mike, is this our first time seeing Uncle Mike? He, he's he's played by one of those guys who I see in everything, so I can't tell if this is our first time seeing him on the show. Um, or if Here's like, what I, because when honestly, when we were at that shop, I thought, isn't this not the same shop it is. that Eric it took is. the car to when he went out without his license and those pretty girls were like like trying to like get him it a deal is. with the guy. It wasn't thank that Uncle you. Mike? I thank you, thank you so much. I looked at this guy and I was like, he looks so familiar. And yeah, they just they just used the same guy. Um, Which I mean, I really, I guess doesn't break away from the storyline at all because that could have really. very well have been Sean's uncle's shop. Yeah. It, it, uh, like maybe that's just the shop that's in the area but um i just thought yeah i was like this i mean and, uh, yeah, sean's there but like they don't necessarily like his time there isn't as long so it's not like you oh know. i i actually thought we learned something great about sean which is that sean works that's what i was gonna say after school sean, sean has a job sean has a job which would explain how he's always able to go to Chubby's and take all these girls out on dates when he's supposed to be poor. Yes, I really, really liked that. I, I love that you wrote that note because I said the same thing. Um, do you, I mean, we kind of like we mentioned uh, Uncle Mike a little bit, but do you want to talk any more about Tori? Oh, um, you know, Tori is it's it's a really there's moments of Tori's story where I'm like. This is hardcore sexual harassment. Yeah. And I was just like, wow, it's so interesting seeing the gender reverse. Yes. Play like the, that reversal play out like this. And I didn't really know how to feel about it. Um, so I had two feelings. One, I think it is really important, especially like. It's funny how relevant this is with the Me Too movement and everything, I think, and talking about sexual harassment and uh, respecting other people. I love that, you know, later on, Feeney's like, no, you don't respect him because if you respected him, you wouldn't have done this. But um, so I like I like that we are dealing with it. And I like also that they didn't like just 
pull Topanga out to do this or Amy. You know, it's like it wouldn't have felt right for the show. Or that the kids actually learned a lesson from it. Unlike yes. some of these other episodes where they do horrible shit and don't learn anything. Exactly. I mean, oh my God, the 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 bow on this episode with Feeney and Eric and, you know, everything. It's just it's it's really well done. But all of that being said, I do think it would be um we would be remiss to not point out that, yeah, the idea of this show being like, oh, and it happens to boys too. It's not that it doesn't, but they just don't do women that well. So yeah. the idea that the villain is a girl again is just like. Well, it's just, I think it's just, you know, she she's using her position of power to make a sexual influence on Eric. Exactly. And, you know, to, to offer him something that she knows that he wants and needs. Yes. It's, it's, I mean, it does raise a lot of ethical questions. I don't think that they handled it. I think they handled it as well as Boy Meets World could have. I just kind yes. of questioned why they felt the need to. <laughs> I mean, um, I, I think it was honestly, I think, I do like it because Eric at this point in time is the pretty boy and he has just been the pretty boy. And the lesson in this is really about Eric's character. You know what I mean? Yeah, and because I, if you know, oh God, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, it's this, this episode is really about Eric's character and they kind of show, they kind of position Eric as this person who, yeah, he may not be smart, but he's moral. He's a good guy. You know, it's like Eric is, I mean, for all intents and purposes, he's, again, he's not the smartest uh, guy out there, but he was raised right. You know, it's a really big testament to Amy and uh, Alan that, first of all, he refuses to cheat right off the bat. And he really does want to earn his grades. But then when he does cheat, he goes back and confesses and he doesn't even like just tell his parents he goes back to the original source mr feeney you know what i mean and he's just like i need to make up for this i cheated mr feeney i had the answers to the test written on my hand and you only managed an a minus i sneezed off a couple of the answers and i think that to me that was actually really really a great thing to learn about eric well, yeah, and I noticed that too, that um and that's something I think we kind of see continuing throughout the show is that though they kind of make him dumber, they make him have such a big heart. Yes. And one of the things that I noticed with this episode was that for the first time we changed what Eric's character wants. Because up until this point, all he's ever wanted was either women or wealth or wealth to get women and it was all of this 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 push to to get laid really and now he actually wants something that's not a woman for the first time so much so that he doesn't even indulge in this gorgeous girl throwing herself at him because he wants something that badly and yeah like he it, it's just a, it's a huge turning point for his character and i think this is kind of where we start to see such a uh, his character develop so much more because he wants something that's more than just what an average boy wants he wants to be better a better version of himself and we'll see that a lot going forward well yeah well he wants to be a better version on of himself but it's also funny because we bring up a few things one eric has kind of been getting by on his looks even in the show you know it's just like they and i think the purpose of this is to show that he is 
more than just a pretty boy. You know, it's like they have more to tell about Eric than just his teenage boyness. You know what I and mean? And I wonder how much of that was just like Will Friedle, like going to the writers room and being like, guys, can you give me anything else to fucking work with here? Because like this, this. See, I feel like it honestly, I think if. In, in my personal opinion, just learning what we learned about the show, I think it was honestly uh, a happy accident. I think that they c- couldn't use Ben the way that they wanted to. And they were like, let's do something different with Will and uh, Ryder. You know what I mean? Let's give them something. It's almost like it was their first time going on, like, well, if we don't have Ben, what can we do with Eric and Ryder? Oh, we can actually do a lot with them. And yeah, that exactly. continues on. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. It was um, by seeing Topanga again. Yes, I was like... The first Topanga episode in a long time, even though she's hardly in it. I think it's funny that we go um, weeks without Topanga, and then the first episode that Corey's not in, they're like, all right, I guess we can have her back. It's <laughs> interesting. This is our first time seeing her, like, actually jealous at the idea of him being with another girl. Like, he's he's kissed other girls. He's gone to dances with other girls. He was dating that chick, Wendy, for a while. We never see or hear Topanga say anything about it. And now that he might have mono, she's like, You have mono? As in the kissing disease? I believe that's the one. <laughs> Corey Matthews, who have you kissed? Well, I think that's interesting because it is a thing where Corey has mono. And for me, I was looking at it from, to, I was taking Topanga's thing where it's just like a, no, she knows everything about Corey. You know, like even usually um, when these girls come around, like they have Topanga on the sidelines or something like that. I mean, not always, but just sometimes they do. And so... Um, she knows about Corey and she knows like, so for her to not know something again, even in the future, it's kind of like Topanga is all knowing when it comes to Corey and Sean. So the idea that Corey has this sickness that she didn't know about, and then he got mono and he's like, what, what is going on with you? <laughs> you know what I well, mean? maybe it happened when her daddy was taking her shopping in New York city. <laughs> A very good point. Maybe. How long was that business trip or shopping trip? I don't know, but Topanga apparently goes on a lot of trips because she's only in, like, half the episodes this season. Yeah, I mean, but I think, again, we were doing a lot of experimenting and we just wanted to see, um, or, you know, we'll we'll really nail down that formula next trip. Sure, sure. Okay, so let's talk about Turner and Sean. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Because I think, like, there's just so much that happens for that setup that I really want to make sure that we acknowledge that as well. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, so first of all, like a lot, we hear that, you know, Mr. Turner um, got his bags mixed up on the bus and they're like, wait, you're taking the bus? What happened to your motorcycle? I just love that right here, we get a lot. We get, you know, there's this identity of Turner being known for his motorcycle and then um, we talk about Turner's salary a little bit, and I always love that they remind us that, you know, these are teacher salaries and that, you know, they're working class for all intents and purposes. Um, the note I took for this scene was these classes are like eight minutes long. Why are they wasting this much time <laughs> on this bike? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is funny, but also I will say, it is Sean who's asking most of the questions. So you always had that one kid who would extend asking the teacher about their personal life so you didn't get any new homework. I I really love um, 
Sean obviously is like recommending his uncle to Turner. Okay. Saying, hey, take it to my Turner saying to take it to my uncle's shop. Um, and he gives him a business card. And the first one is for <laughs> Uncle Leo's bail bonds and prosthetics. One yeah. way or another, we'll get you on your feet. Is a hilarious it. That joke. is hilarious. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and then what I loved about this, not only do we get a little um, Corey, not Corey, Sean and Mr. Turner dynamic, which we're going to get a lot more of. Um, I do. I'm with you. Where it's like, I love how protective Corey is of his teacher, and he's like, "This Sean, is, Sean, yeah, sorry, Sean. How Sean is protective. Sean is of his teacher, and he's like, this is my teacher. That means something to him. Um, and I think that's so fantastic. I'm so much so that he's like, <laughs> he's like, uh, I want you to treat him special, like family. No, not like family. Yeah, yeah, that's a really funny joke too. Um, uh, yeah, but I, what I. When I saw Sean stand up to uh, his uncle, specifically like in that kind of last scene where he gives Turner the bill that's like $1,500 when he was quoted at like $300. Yeah. Um, which is outrageous. Five times. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was really, we saw how much it meant for Sean to have like a strong male influence in his life that even though we've never really seen him and Turner have a, a quiet moment before, um, you can, you can still kind of understand why this man is so important to Sean. Exactly. And I also, it kind of sets up the fact that, um, he's, when Turner is like, you know, I'm not going to give him any favors. Uh, Uncle Mike's like that was a really interesting revelation as well. Yeah, he's like, no, Sean's the like the scholar he's in the, the family. Scholar in the family, <laughs> and Turner's like, I don't think you're lying to me. <laughs> yeah, I really do wonder like how bad Sean's grades are really because like he's never left back. You yes. know, like, he's not failing everything, but he's obviously considered. L- the, in the bottom of his class. So I'd be very interested to see, like, obviously he's not getting all D's and F's. Yeah, I think, I think honestly, he's probably, like, one of those 7.2 students, you know what I mean? Where it's, like, yeah. he's mostly C's. Occasionally, he'll get, like, a B once a year uh, and uh, a few D's, but, like, it averages out to where he passes. But I think also the thing with Sean is that I mean, Turner and Feeney are constantly like, you can do better. You're just not willing to. You know what I mean? You, you know what's something I thought about? And we had, this was, I'm so sorry because this was in the previous episode, but I just remembered this. Um, Sean did that trailer park poem. Yeah. Um, And then we later find out in the series that Sean, a.k.a. writer, really, but M- Sean is a very talented poet. Yeah, and so I wonder if he's getting like decent grades in his English class. Like that's if awesome. that's just where he excels in, if that's where his like mindset and like the science and math just isn't his strong suit. Well, I don't know because his English clashes with Feeney, but I think that if that's the case, you could be right. Where it's like Sean's like a great writer, but he just doesn't do the assignments. And I think with yeah. you know with Feeney, Feeney will always give someone like Sean who when they do do the work and it's like above par, he'll give them like a little bit more weight than the fact that Sean didn't hand in his assignments because he understands that that portion is just not where Sean's going to follow through. Yeah. Funny how, funny how uh, both of our 
uh, main characters in this episode struggle with grades. Yeah, exactly. And I do. I also want to go back to. I, I'm glad that we hit on Sean and Mr. Turner, but I also wanted to go back to the whole Tori and uh, Eric thing for a few reasons. One, I was like, when we see Tori beginning to tutor, Jason is like going in for it automatically. And he's hilarious. He's funny, every, but yeah, she's he's just so like, funny. you got that out of your system? You good? And he's like, yes, yes, I am. And she immediately is into Eric. And I'm like, is she just into tall dudes? Because, I mean, Jason's not bad. And if she's looking to, like, break the rules, it's clearly, it has well, to she be kinda, superficial. She gave Eric goo-goo eyes, like, right off the bat. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Is she just into tall dudes? Because, like... (laughs) Well, no, because she... I mean, she goes on to say, like, you know, with with a face like yours, you don't really have to worry about anything in life. But they're... Um, I mean, I mean this in the best way possible. They're 90s white. There's not that much different in their faces. (laughs) Very true. Um... (laughs) The mayo is strong with these two. Yeah, there's really Um, not that much difference. Like, hair color, possibly. But other than that, if you were to, like, put them on the same level, I and maybe it's just because I find Jason more attractive. But it's just, like, there's just not that much that makes Eric, like, ten times dreamier than Jason. And the only thing I can see different is height. Yeah, possibly. I mean, girls, girls... uh, In my experience... Red softly. I know many women who prefer to have a taller dating partner. Yeah, of course. I mean, um, I'm, I'm tall, and so I'm well aware of sure, sure. That is in the dating world. Um, I thought it was very interesting how, for a season and a half now, we've seen Eric really just like be disgusting about, about women. Um. And, like, for the first time, like, his his foe in this episode is a woman who is, like, making him into the meat. You, yes. you know? Well, like, I don't think was... it's just the the being the meat thing, which she does say. He's like, oh, you just think I'm a piece of meat, which, uh, you know, is funny. But I also feel that, you know, if she was into him or if there was, like, some kind of equality in the relationship, he wouldn't feel that bad. I think it is... I think she hit on the insecurities of Eric's, which is that he's not smart. You know what I mean? And it's the fact that she doesn't think that he can do it that really bothers him. You know? Yeah. And it's also really interesting, too, because, like, I don't know. His confidence seems so much better. Like... I, I, I recall, like, in previous episodes of, of him, like, you know, spending forever trying to look good for a date or whatever. And now he's just like, oh, yeah, I know I look good, but I do I want to be more than that. And yeah. I just thought that that was that was an interesting, like, uh, revelation that, oh, okay, so he's aware that he's attractive and he's confident in that. But he wants to be more than that. So that's that's cool. It's one thing when, like, you tell yourself, oh, you're not getting good grades because you're not trying. But when you have someone who you respect, because I will say that Sean, not Sean, Eric respects Tori. Um, when you have someone that you respect kind of telling you, uh, I don't think you can do this. You know, that's it's one of those things where he's like, oh, well, I always thought that if I tried, I could do it. And you're telling me that I can't. And that's a completely different shot to the ego. You know what I mean? 
Totally. Also, it's just, just another example of Boy Meets World creating these like villainous, terrible women. Well, that's why I said early on. Life. I was like, well, no, I'm not going to say they don't exist. I think it does. But I think that I, I'm not going to say that there aren't people, just in general, people in power. And I, I definitely looked at this show very often or this episode often and was like, what if the genders were reversed? And I could see it still going down where some, this tutor is just like, Oh, you know, I'll just give it to you. You're, you're good to look at you. There's no way you're going to grasp this. Um, and I think that that was just the overall lesson. I mean, cause even at the end when Feeney's like, this is what I get for hiring a, a girl. And she's like, excuse me. And he's like, Oh, so you don't like to be reduced to just that. I thought like, that was a classic Feeney moment. Yes, way. exactly. It was just such a good flip of the script. Well, this is one I get for selecting a pretty girl to be a teaching assistant. Excuse me? Oh, you resent that? Because growing up with a pretty face, you had to work twice as hard to be taken seriously. I should think you, more than most, would want to help this young man have his chance of being taken seriously. It reminded me a lot of when um, Corey was trying to teach Anne Frank and he called Sean a WAP. Yeah. That like, oh, I'm going to shock you to give to help you make your own realization of what you're doing to, you know what I mean? Just that. Exactly. And what's weird, and maybe it's because I'd seen this you know, show before, so it's in the back of my mind. But when Feeney said that, I didn't even react because I was just like, this is... I immediately knew that Feeney was trying to make a point. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, yeah. there wasn't even that second of like, Feeney. It was just like, a, no, I think he's going somewhere with this. And um, I'm really glad. But what did shock me was that he didn't fire her um, and his reasons why. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, I, I, I think it's... I think it makes sense when you understand that they're, these are still kids in high school. These are children who are learning. Yes, exactly. And so I do think Feeney affords them second and third chances. As we see with Corey and Sean, they literally just took over the school's radio station. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like they get so many chances from this guy. Yeah, no, when Feeney was like, I mean, he specifically says, I don't write people off. And I think that's a very interesting thing and kind of to like bring it back to being political a little bit i i do have to say that that was interesting for me to see that feeney's like no i don't just write people off because they've done something that by all means um they should be penalized for you know you know what else was interesting too just like with Corey and sean in the weenie episode Eric refused to rat out yeah. Uh, yeah. Tori for giving him. And then Tori ultimately gave it away herself. Very exactly. similar to what Sean did. Well, yeah, but like it's very not only like the way Sean did, but like she did it a little bit worse because I can't remember verbatim, but it's one of those things where it's like she kept cutting off Feeney. You know? <laughs> Feeney kept yeah, trying to she, like if she would have just let Feeney finish any one of his sentences. Uh, she wouldn't have been in that position. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I know that if I don't know if I'm in trouble, but I, yeah, I, exactly. I just don't what you say got on anything. Me. I'm quiet. Yo, question for you. Yeah, I'm here. Did you ever cheat on a test? Of course. I'm a person. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> now, I will say that for the most part, 
I didn't do it regularly. And also, I was one of those people who just, like, I would usually forget that I could cheat. You know what I mean? It was just like a, afterwards, I'd be like, oh, man, I guess cheating wouldn't have been that hard. I just was never good at cheating. And I also feel like it's the, like, the thing I say all the time is, like, I don't lie because I'm not good at it. So it's just easier sure. for me. Yeah, because I feel like every time I did cheat, I was so obvious about it because it's something that I don't do. Um, and it's not to say that I never got away with it. It's just to mean that... I think maybe I got away with it and the teacher just didn't care, you know? Oh, <laughs> like, I just I don't was, know if my skill was that great. I turned into a damn, like, Inspector Gadget when it came to cheating on stuff. Like, I, I before, this was before, like, teachers know to look for it, um, but I would take water bottles and I would put the answer inside yes! the wrapper yes! and then tape it back up again. And, yeah, I would do that. I, that's what I'm saying. Like, when I went to a different school junior year, um, I learned all these other ways that people were cheating. And I was like, are you kidding me? This is some creative shit. <laughs> yeah, you really, this was, this was like a, like a criminal Etsy. Like you really <laughs> yeah, got creative very with much it. So. See, um, and that's my whole thing. Like, I'm just that idiot who tried to earn his grade like a fool. <laughs> well, I will say that like, I hardly ever cheated on tests. A lot of the times it would just be like, hey, can I, I forgot to do my homework. Can I copy yours before we go into class? Oh, are um, we counting that? Because that's like, there was like an entire year where I remember you and I, we were in this group where like, that's what everyone did. One person would do the homework. And then like in the morning, right before class, we would all just copy it. 100 <laughs> um, <laughs> percent but i will say that there was this one time i took spanish online when i was in college and um i legit had my mom record something in spanish because she speaks it and then Terrible. i changed the pitch to make it sound like a boy and submitted it for my final and i passed <laughs> terrible that is absolutely terrible i mean but again also very uh me and my best friend always talk about like to be honest cheaters get far in the world <laughs> like in the way that it's set up now yeah so like I, if honestly you, the i'm i'm of that school of you like a, you shouldn't cheat. It's morally wrong. But if you do cheat, you're only going to get punished for getting caught, not for the actually The most cheating. successful people <laughs> in the world are the ones who have found a way to cheat and not get caught. Exactly. So if you get caught, your punishment is for getting caught. It is not for cheating because that's how you're going to get ahead in the world. I want you to be smart. I want you to be crafty. I want you to know which rules apply and which ones don't. Um, that's, in my mind, way more valuable. But at the, the kids call street time. smarts. Exactly. But at the same time, if it, it's all for not if you get caught. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, and I mean, or if you have a conscience like Eric and you're just like, you know what? I didn't earn this. Like when his dad and mom give him the the, the gift that they give yeah. him that, that bag, you could just tell he's just like felt like absolute shit. Yeah. And Which is why like, I said, like, I always do. I love that at the end of the day they show and they don't even do it like the whole father knows best thing where alan comes and reprimands uh eric for you know cheating it's all just the way he was raised he knows what he's done wrong and he knows he owns up to it and i think that's really really great um to see that well you know he couldn't get his refund for the Europe trip <laughs> so they ended up sending morgan instead <laughs> i love these little side uh, stories we create because it just makes sense and i say that we go move forward with it All right. honestly i have no idea where morgan is just uh and i don't really care i think we nope. we didn't need her nope 
All right. So do you need anything else? I think, I mean, like it was short and sweet. No. Yeah. 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 That's, that's all I got. Okay. So, um, the only other thing I I did want to say, there's like a little small note. There's this scene where, um, Eric's like, I'm more than just charming and funny and, you know, all this other stuff. I'm really smart. You don't know. And he like walks into the girl's bathroom and it's like this joke. But I was like, to be fair, that has always been a boy's bathroom up until like an episode ago. So Yeah, I mean, I, I would get confused as well, truthfully. <laughs> this is the school where like it's like Hogwarts. The bathroom just keeps changing rooms. So <laughs> Oh, there was one other thing I wanted to mention and this was such a throwaway comment, but like we find out that Feeney's nephew attends his school. Yes! Yes, I was like, okay, what is this all about? <laughs> we never hear or see this nephew again. Clearly, this is the the son of the sister that was supposed to meet him in the pilot episode for dinner. I'm exactly, assuming. and that would also mean that it is um, Carrie Russell's character's brother. Yes, but what's interesting is that Carrie was visiting. Yeah. And Feeney had always made it seem like his sister didn't live close. Yeah. Visiting. So are we to believe that Feeney's sister now lives within the school district? Yeah, exactly. Maybe they're just not that close. <laughs> yeah. I just, I think that was one of those things that they just kind of threw in there, but it was just like, oh, yeah. But we're like, uh, excuse you, sir, I don't know if you know this. But uh, in 30 years, we're going to watch this with a very critical eye. And sure. this story needs to make sense. <laughs> well, also, it's just this, the, the, the individual attention that Feeney is able to give these four specific students. <laughs> exactly. And his, and his own nephew. Flesh just and like... blood is not even included in this. Exactly. So that's, that's really funny. Okay. Anyways, that's all I got. Yeah, I know. That's everything. All right. So do you have a lesson? Um. I guess the lesson is um, getting mono is a great way to get the girl to admit that she likes you. <laughs> she never admitted it, so your lesson yeah, falls flat. Just saying. She admits it in the in the epilogue. Oh, you know, I'm so sorry. I forgot she did in the epilogue. All right, my bad. That one's on me. Can okay. I, can I give you a little fun fact? Yes, um, go. Fun fact. Uh, uh, the girl I'm dating now, Miriam, who was our guest a few episodes ago, and uh, we celebrated Valentine's Day back in February, and in my card, she quoted what Topanga says at this <gasps> episode, which is... Yeah, I do. And do you like me? Only if you tell me if you like me. Why should I tell you that? <laughs> because if you tell me how you feel about me, then I'll tell you how I feel about you. Okay. Okay, I like you. You know I like you. Now you like me or what? Uh, she quoted it exactly, and when I read it, I was just like, that's a keeper. She quoted Boy Meets World in our Valentine card. That is absolutely. <laughs> I love that. That's fantastic. But, uh, but yeah. Good that's time. so good. Oh, that's so sweet. Okay. <laughs> um, the show like, just plays such a huge part in our lives. I want to say, plus, Boy Meets World is so important to us that anyone who were to use it, you're like, yeah, you automatically, like, Automatically. Yeah, you, Automatically. <laughs> you, you get it. You get a date. Uh, okay. So my Feeney taught me would be, um, I guess, to not write off people immediately. You know? I yeah, think sure. I'm going to take Feeney's advice and just be like, you know what? 
did you learn something? Which I think is also yeah. really important. It's not that they, he just was like, you know what, you get another chance. He was like, did you learn from this? And if you it's almost like this, he's choosing to reform instead of to punish, which is oh my God. not really how Who I know that would be effective. Oh, <laughs> wow. Right? Oh, God, this nation does need to watch more Boy Meets World. Okay. <laughs> So, hey, I, and, I, and I don't mean to go too far off topic, but were you turned on by Turner at all in this episode? So, remember I told you, I've had a lot going on, and I've been really busy, and I promise you, when I was writing this, uh, my notes, I was like, I didn't remember Turner's look at all. Like, and I don't know if I was just busy or what, I just honestly, I can't think of a single moment of like so i guess this episode uh-huh. gets a gets a lip dick for <laughs> it is not i want i wanted to be very clear in case mr turner is listening because you know he's a very avid fan um, of course i never have a lip dick for turner i just didn't notice it because my life was hectic but sure, sure, sure. Um, that just means you know next week we got to come back stronger maybe shirtless I, you know. I, we're, we're, we're getting there, bro. <laughs> I mean, you've promised me this, and I, if it's not up to my standards, I want at least like a, a three second. <laughs> I, I honestly think we're going to get there, but I, I, you know, who am I to say? We'll I want to like an audience woo and like us that like time for applause, like shirtless. Like that's what I want. <laughs> no, you know what? I don't want that because I don't like how the audience will woo for both Turner and for the boys. Like it's, it's <laughs> strange to me and I'm not, I'm not here for it. Choose one or the other. We do it all the time in, um, other tv shows with mm, the opposite I'm not, so i don't like it don't how many like times it. did kelly come downstairs and marry with children and it was just the audience going crazy so, yeah but they okay that's fine they only did it for her they didn't do it for her and the mom like it's just it's a weird uh, thing to occasionally both the child did. and the adult occasionally they did and do you know what this generation is like now do you watch porn at all it's all disturbing uh, it's, <laughs> all right i mean i'm I admit that it's disturbing. I'm just trying to point out that it's disturbing that to sexualize both age groups. That's all. Okay. So what grade are you giving this? I'm giving this episode a I'm I'm giving it a B. Okay, sweet. And is there a reason for the B? I'm giving it a B because um I really felt like they did a great job of establishing that these relationships are going to be really important going forward. They did a great job of developing these characters. I just overall don't really think of the episode as very um, interesting or memorable, um, other than the fact that it's this launching pad for these other great relationships. Exactly. So I'm very similar to where I am giving it a B minus, and it's literally because this is a great episode. It's fun. It sets up a lot of things. There's nothing really wrong with it other than the Corey scene, which is like, eh. But um, it just isn't that memorable. They kind of waste some time. So it just could be better. Um, yeah. Just so you know, I did look it up, and the uh, tank top Turner scene is in like two episodes. <sighs> so I do just have to wait. I'm so just, excited. Just a little bit longer. There you go. <laughs> Okay, how about homework? What you got? Oh man, so much great homework. Um, okay, so if I had to whittle it down, 
There is a podcast that I'm listening to called Sold in America, which is about sex trafficking. And Ooh. I promise it's not as depressing as it sounds. Um, it's just about sex work and sex trafficking and just like what it is to be a sex worker in the United States. And it's just a very, very interesting um, podcast series that I'm really liking right now. I'm also loving this other uh, podcast called Dissect, <laughs> which um, basically it takes uh, classic albums and just breaks them down song by song. Ooh. And they're doing um, Miseducation of Lauren Hill. So... Just to get like a full breakdown, track by track, lyric by lyric of everything that's in oh my, this how amazing do they even album. Do that in like such a short time. Yeah, apparently they've done "To Pimp a Butterfly." They did uh, "My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy" and uh, Frank Ocean's "Blonde," but um, yeah, they're doing Lauren Hill now, and I'm just obviously like you know this album is just such a classic so um it's just a great series so dissect is the name of that podcast so you should check it out okay wow so my homework is going to be um i've been doing a lot of traveling and um netflix has been a friend of mine so i binged um two of the i guess they would be halloween shows but it's still fall you can check them out which was sabrina the teenage witch or i think it's called yes. the chilling adventures of sabrina uh on netflix which is really good it's really dark i love it um and it's it's funny because it's clearly it has like shadows or reflections of the 90s sitcom which is like way more fun in camp um, but it's its own show and it's still in that Riverdale universe, but way darker than Riverdale. I don't know if you like teen shows. Or if is you it like the direct shows. spinoff of Riverdale or is it its own show? It's its own show, but they, they do explain that it's, um, in the same universe. Sure. sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would like to, I would like to check it out. I would you like should definitely this, check it out. This, like, Dude. uh, Mexican charm show or whatever it is like yeah you know I mean maybe I will I don't know I just charmed is like a whole different beast and I just don't understand why they couldn't just name it something else like why did it have to be charmed why not charm generations or like whatever it's just like uh, there are ways I'm, to do I'm these okay things. with them pulling a Hamilton on this show that I honestly didn't think is that great of a show to begin with uh excuse you sir uh, no, is no, even phenomenal. the, the, the first most few hardcore seasons, Charmed fans admit that that show Let me tell you so right cheesy. now, sir, Charmed, uh, you know what, now we have three assignments. Go watch the first season of Charmed. Because not <laughs> only is Charmed like an okay CW series, but the first season, the first season, I think the first two seasons, every demon is a white male and every uh, innocent is a person of color or a woman. Um, and this is like, it was a really great show. It was very progressive. The first season had a lot of, uh, a lot more people of color than you usually get in these shows, especially for the nineties. Um, it had like an Asian love interest early on. Uh, John Cho played like, uh, one of the characters. So yeah, this show was killing it when it first came out and you have a young Alyssa Milano and Shannon Doherty. So suck it. <laughs> uh, I'm here for one of those, not the other. You know what? Um, I'm ignoring you. Moving on to my other homework. No way, like, you're still Team Doherty after all of this. <laughs> I, I we're moving on. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> I love how I got you speechless over Shannon Doherty. This is a guys. We are moving on. The last part of my homework is the show, uh, The Haunting of Hill House. Dude, have you seen this show? No, I haven't. Dude, this show is cinematically beautiful. It is a great story, um, first of all. Uh, The characters are ridiculous. I dare you to not fall in love with one of these characters. It is... The the acting is just so good. And then the way this show is shot, honestly, I can't even... Without any spoilers, there's... I won't tell you what episode. There's one scene where it's a 16-minute, one take scene and the actors literally did everything in one take like they just would move from one spot to the other really quick because there's a lot of time jumps and all this other stuff and you it's just it's so good at subverting expectations because it literally leans into everything you expect from like a haunted house story and then does something different and it's just it's phenomenal you gotta check this show. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, you really, really got it. And I honestly, I promise you, you'll be hooked from the first episode. But like halfway through the series, it's just like you. Sometimes you need a break because it's so good, but it's so heavy. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. It was one of the shows that I literally like. I could barely keep my eyes open. I was so tired from everything that's going on. But I was like, must figure out how this episode ends. So, oh, so it hooks you. Okay. Yeah, all right. Very, all right. very much so. Um, and they even like end. It's one of those shows that I like anyway, where like it each episode kind of ends on a cliffhanger. So it's like they dare you to walk away. You're like, well, I'm clearly yeah. going to come back. Huh. Okay. So that is us. Um, hopefully you voted um, and the world is a slightly better place, even if it's just a little bit. Um, thank you guys for listening to Broad Meets World. Remember, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, all the things. Message us. Uh, we miss hearing from you guys. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Broad Meets World or email us at broadmeetsworld at gmail.com. Tonafi? Um, uh, yeah, you can catch me on Instagram at the Braver Me. And you can also catch me at the Vote and Polls because that's where I be. Exact. And you can find me on Twitter at Extra Siege. That's X T R A C E E J. Um, after that, I'm just, yeah, you guys, you know, just remember to dream, try, and do some good. Please. Some <laughs> damn. The world good, needs guys. more good. It just does. <laughs> try. Dream, try, do good. All right. Later, bros. Later, bruh. <laughs>